But Dad, isn't it time for illegal ham in the face? But bro, where's the banjo? Some Cleveland sports shows try to give you hot takes, but only one can give you a big old piece of hot ham. Welcome to Illegal Ham to the Face. Talking all Cleveland sports. And don't forget our Fat Boy Tuesday, where we also ham it up with some fun food topics. Without further ado, let's serve up some ham. Here are the Ham Boys, Fatty, Fatty. and Big Bry. And Big Bry. What is going on, everybody? I am that fat guy, Jared Fatty Bates, and welcome to another episode of Illegal Ham to the Face. I am always here with Big Bri. What's going on, big fella? Hey, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, buddy. Kind of a little stressful right before the show, just trying to get stuff settled in. I didn't help with that. I'm sorry. You're all right. And I got my neighbor calling me again. That's just going to have to go to voicemail. Hasn't he seen your State Farm shirt? No, he has not seen my State Farm shirt. You, you got to pull that out again. I know. Like a good neighbor, stay over there. Right. I can't do that to him. He's 90, what is he, 96? Hmm. Well, and all he's is, calling you? You might want to take that phone call. No, no, no. He wants me So he wants me to spray the weeds in his driveway tomorrow, which is no big deal. It's gotcha. just... It's just the perfect timing that he does like to call because it's always when either A, I'm right in the middle of something or uh-huh. something's going on. So it's nothing like it's bad. It's just like I was trying to get dinner ready. I had stuff in the microwave. I had stuff on a plate. I'm trying to do stuff. And then, boom, here's the phone ringing. It's like, yeah. I think I'm we should it. have him on the show next week, uh, maybe. Is he a Browns fan? He is a, yes, he's a Browns fan. He is a San Francisco Giants fan. Okay. And then I don't know what he is for basketball. But we'll figure it out later. All right. Let's get our show started here, big fella. Let's go with some shout-outs this week. Brian, do you have any shout-outs this week? I just got my Joe Thomas jersey on. I'll shout-out Joe Thomas. Um, It's a big... Big day. It's been a long time coming. We've kind of known for, for years now that uh, that he was going into the Hall of Fame, but the week is finally here. So, uh, so yeah, he, he deserves a big shout-out from all Cleveland fans. Yes, he does. Uh, we will – I think – I believe next week we'll get into a little bit of Joe Thomas memories. I do have trivia for you today, which is a Joe Thomas trivia, Bright. So, we'll nice. get that here a little bit later. Uh, shout outs for me this week. We got a shout out to Wooden Nickel last week. What a great little gym we found out there, Bry. I mean, the food was amazing, the atmosphere was amazing, and you can't beat that little place. I mean, it was perfect. And that's you know, that's kind of like the bars that you and I both kind of like is just like little bar, great food, TVs everywhere. They had golden tea, they had, I believe, they had Silver Strike too. I wasn't, I saw it over in the corner. But just a nice little bar with some great food, man. And can't beat that. Can't beat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hidden gem, I thought. I mean, from the inside, how the inside was looking, to all the TVs all over the place. And, uh, yeah, like you said, the food was excellent. 
Yeah, it, it was spot. How was your burger, by the way? You got the Western burger. Oh, it was great. Thing, it was fantastic. I was going to say, that thing looked absolutely amazing. Great meat to bun ratio. Tremendous bun. You know me. Um, anybody can have a decent piece of meat, but uh, but if you just put it on a piece of Wonder Bread or uh, you know, a 99-cent bag of uh, buns that you pick up from Aldi, it kind of ruins it. But uh, yeah, the bun was really good. Onion rings, very crispy. Good stuff. Yeah, it was, it was definitely good. And I got their buffalo wings with some ranch and some celery. And Brian, you know, I, I told you, you know, doing my wing connoisseur throughout the uh, throughout the land here, it was actually kind of nice getting some, you know, a different spot and trying their wing. Brian, their wings are right up there, and you can't beat the deal they had on those wings. So on Wednesday, you get a dozen wings for twelve bucks, and on Monday nights, you get a dozen wings for ten dollars. Now, the only downfall is they're not open on Sundays. But please go out and go watch some Monday night football, Thursday night football there, Big Ten games on Saturday. I mean, they got specials all through the week. I mean, they even got like a $12 8-ounce steak with a baked potato and broccoli that you just you can't pass up. I mean, it just all the food there was fresh, out on time. The waitresses were amazing to us. Uh, the place was completely packed when we got there. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it was elbow to elbow packed, as you can tell from our video with the guys sitting behind us. But man, what a great time there. And I can't thank them enough. I put out on our uh, Facebook page a, a thank you to all the places that we've actually been to, Bri. And just the list of them between rookies and rassles and all of them that we've been to. Just a shout out. Anybody that wants to go to our Legal Ham the Face Facebook page, the list is there where we've been. Go check out those places. We have not found a place that has been a bad place whatsoever. Every place that we've been mm. to has been absolutely amazing. So please go check that out. Um, Bri, today, as we get through our show here, we're going to be doing our uh, quarterback tier list for Mike Sando. That's what I was pulling up as we were talking. We got that right. today that we're going to get into. We are definitely going to get into a little bit of uh, guards made some trades. We got the Browns Madden rankings. And Bry, did you do your homework and get your 53 man roster? <laughs> I don't know. If, like I said last week, I could probably come up with like 50. I don't know. Um, I think the final three spots are yet to be determined. Uh, maybe if you look at the, the salaries and what everyone's making, maybe you could kind of make an educated guess that way. But um, I would, I would hope that they're leaving a couple spots open to whoever proves themselves training camp and through the preseason games. Cause if they have their mind made up now, I don't think that's right. Then what are these guys playing for? No, no, no. And I get that. I'm just saying it's a way too early prediction. Like what we're predicting the 53 going to look like when it comes time, because like the two spots I see getting battled out are right now is wide receiver and defensive tackle. For sure. Um, those are like the two major spots right now of who's going to be moving and shaking because we got a lot of talent on both. Of, well, we got a lot of people. We'll see what talent comes out and see what happens there. But we'll get into that here a little bit later. Also, we're going to do Fat Boy Tuesday with some grilling, bro. We're talking grilling time. And I got our boy Casey brought up something to me that I'll bring up to you on Fat Boy Tuesday. And it kind of blew my mind because I never thought about doing this on a grill. But I might have to now. And then we are going to finish it up 
with our top three favorite items to do on the grill, Bri. So great show for you guys ahead. Um, Let's get it started with our favorite thing that we like to do. Let's get it started with some trivia. Our trivia is brought to you by City Dogs of Cleveland. And, Brian, we do have a new puppy tonight. We did not have one last week due to the fact that we were out and about. Also, some fun news from City Dogs Cleveland. October 22nd, our wonderful viewing party slash pregame show is going to be a dine to donate for City Dogs Cleveland. Anything bought there that day with our party 20% 20% of the proceeds go to City Dogs Cleveland, along with the, we're going to have the hat, passing around the hat and taking donations that way for them. See how much money we can raise, but they're going to do the dine to donate. Awesome. So we'll keep you posted on that as we get closer. October 22nd, Bright's right around the corner. Uh, our dog of the week's name is Mystic, and she is a adorable one-year-old princess. Look at that face, Bri. <laughs> Please go adopt her at City Dogs. We have everything scrolling down here. How to get a hold of them. You can get a hold of them through the phone, their website, and also how you can meet a City Dog. They'll schedule you an appointment to go meet her. She is about one year old and about 40 pounds, but she is a snuggler from what they say. She knows how to sit and she can take treats from your hand very nicely and easily. And she keeps her sleeping area clean. So please go adopt their dogs. Um, right now, from what they said, they have over 100-plus dogs in the kennels right now. So they're going to be doing a clear-out kennel here soon. But please, get a hold of City Dogs. Go get a dog from them. If anybody, um, we've known Beth for years now, three years now, Bri. We've known Beth, and we've been friends with them and sponsors of them throughout our show and through other ones. And we just want to say thank you to them for sponsoring our show and letting us help them try to get some dogs adopted. Uh, we will keep you posted on some events that they got coming up here in the next few weeks too, because they got a couple big events. So please go adopt mystic. Tell them that the hand boys have sent you. All right, Bri, our trivia for today. Now, Bri, this is going to be a fun one. You ready? Sure. Joe Thomas right. played Joe Thomas played how many years in the NFL, Bri? It's like, was it 12? Uh, drafted in 07. He played till uh, maybe 10, yeah, 10 or 11, probably. 10 or 11. All right. He had 10 Pro Bowls. He had six all time All Pros. All right. From the mm-hmm. get go, he was an all time great. Now, I am going to show you why Joe Thomas should be the greatest NFL player of all time. By this uh-huh. trivia question right here, Brian. Okay. You, you ready? Out yeah. of those 10 or 11 years that Joe Thomas played, how many head coaches and starting quarterbacks did Joe Thomas oh. play for? You have to give me a minute for that one. <laughs> that would take a while. 
I mean, just think about that, though. Filibuster, this, yeah. This shows you how great of a player and a person Joe Thomas is to go through all of this. All right, so how many coaches okay. and how many starting quarterbacks did he go through, Brian? All right, let's start jotting them down here. All right. And as you're jotting them down, we will transfer over to our fun Cleveland headlines. All right, your Cleveland headlines tonight is right off the bat before we get into some Browns talk. The guards have made some moves for their roster. Uh, trade deadline is done. I don't know if they made any from 6 o'clock on. I have not checked they Twitter did. or anything yet. Did they? They they traded Josh Bell. Where did he go? God, yes. Where did they trade him to? Oh, shoot. I forget now. Hold on. Um, Miami, maybe? You keep talking. I'll keep looking it up. So, so far, uh, they have traded Aaron Savali. Ahmed Rosario, and now Josh Bell. So, out of those, yeah. everybody is saying, not Josh Naylor, not our favorite guy on this show, not that guy. <laughs> uh, that might be because, let's see here, Marlins acquired Josh Bell, received Khalil Watson, and released yeah. John Secura. Who is Khalil Watson? So, he's like a 2021 first-round pick. He's a shortstop, I believe. Like we don't have um, enough of those. All right. Well, well I mean, I th to me, if you're an infielder, you're an infielder. If you're an outfielder, you're an outfielder. You can kind of play short. You can play third. You can play second, or uh, any of the outfield spots. I would think, but uh, he's young enough. So, but he's a young kid. I don't know exactly if if he we got him out of high school or if we got him out of college. So I don't know how young he is, but. Yeah, I mean, just to get that anchor out of here, what we've been hearing about for the last couple of days is how he's absolutely opting in for next year because why would he want to give up exactly $16 million guaranteed and he's not doing anything. So, and all yeah, those, I mean, it helps out. And all those people that are starting to clamor, well, he's starting to hit the baseball now. Well, he should have started doing it back in April and May instead of waiting all the way till August to start hitting the ball. Uh, he's just been he, – I mean, he hasn't played the field. Josh Naylor's pretty much taken over first base. He's just been a DH, and honestly, not a DH we needed. Um, also, Aaron Savali got dealt, Bry. Um, I'm sad to see him go because he was pitching some of his best games. But the person that they are getting back right now is in Triple A. He's a little bit banged up, but they're saying he should be ready here in a little bit. But I guess he is a thumper of a first baseman. So we'll see what we get from him. We trade him to Tampa. And then also Med Rosario. We got Noah Syndergaarden for him, who actually started pitching a gym last night until he got hit uh -huh. with a baseball right in the calf. So we made some moves. Everybody is talking about the, the Guardians punting on the season. I don't think they're punting. I think they're pivoting and trying to figure out what is going on and where this team is. And I think what they are doing, Brian, is taking a sidestep and going – we're not going to win the World Series. If we win the division, that's great. If not, we're okay with that. But right now, we're going to get set up for next year. And that's pretty much what they did. Yeah, it feels kind of a lot like the Browns season last year. Um, you know, you go in with high hopes and 
you don't really come through on uh, on what your expectations were, but you're not terrible enough to where you just blow everything up. But um, at the same time, you're starting to look towards next year and, and hoping that uh, you can get yourself in position. And let's be honest, sometimes, you know, injuries happen. It's just not your year. It, it sucks to say as a fan, but uh, you look at all the pitching injuries we've had and all the bad luck we've had, and at some point you got to – I mean, I don't think they're waving the white flag or the white towel or anything like that, but um, it's just what more can they do? I, I was hoping that they weren't going to mortgage the future to try to go all in for this year or anything like that. I wish they would have maybe stood pat a little more. I'm maybe not as high on this guy that they traded Savali for. He's batting 238 in AAA. I mean, if you bat 238 in the – Major leagues, I'm not very excited to get you, but you're not even at the majors and you're doing that. And I understand he's banged up. And I honestly don't know baseball enough to say, oh, yeah, he's hitting 238, but he's got this, he's got that, he's got this, and he's prospect. Okay, you tell me that, that's fine. I'm just more of a guy who, who looks at the numbers and I say, he's 23 years old. You, you know, guys in the NBA at 23, they're making all-star games. Guys in the NFL – at 23, they're uh, they're thousand yard rushers or uh, you know borderline Pro Bowl guys, and this guy it's not even in the pros, and he's not really tearing it up or anything like that. So, me, um, I've kind of always been a guy that like Savale, kind of like Brian Shaw. I thought sometimes you just get a bad rap because so many great pitchers around him. So, um, but I, he he's been hot. He's our best pitcher right now. I don't think you can deny that. Um, so to get rid of your best pitcher now when you're half game out, game out of the division, it, it says a lot. So I don't know what's really going on in the clubhouse, but I can't imagine they're too excited about that. No, uh, there's rumblings that the players aren't happy with that move right now because of where they're at. And Brian, I get why they're unhappy and everything else, but also you got to factor in what this team is right now. And they haven't shown – if they're a contender or if they're a loser, we're just stuck in that wonderful middle, that, that Jeff Fisher, you know, eight and nine bullshit that we always like to joke around about. We're just stuck right there in the middle. And it's not like they're contending for a world series this year. We've already discussed it unless some miracle happens and everything comes together in like September. And it's just a magical run. I, I don't see it, but if it happens, it happens. But like you said with this guy, I know he's only batting 238, but the year before that, Bry, and I know he's 23, but baseball is different than football and basketball. Baseball takes a little bit for your eyes to develop, for your hands and everything else to develop. Like some people young can come in, but a lot of people that come in don't start doing anything until 25, 26. And then that lasts them for like the next six, seven years. So there is, you know, we still have hope with this guy. And like you said, he's a top prospect. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, I was hoping for a major league ready bat that we needed for like now, but I guess we'll wait and see what this guy turns into that. And it looks like next year is going to be that year. So we'll see what's going on. I mean, do you still have hopes that they can come back in the division and take the division? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't count them out by all means. Um, the Twins just are not a very good baseball team either, and I don't see anybody running away with the Central. And if anything, maybe in a messed up way, you could even con convince me that uh, this is good for 
the Guardians because this takes all the pressure off them. This is saying we're more concerned about next year than this year. It almost, in a way, reminds me of a major league, <laughs> you know, where the management wasn't behind the team and the team just said, well, screw the management. You know, they don't believe in us. We're just going to have to believe in ourselves and we're going to have to go out and win the whole damn thing. And so maybe it galvanizes them that way. Um, I don't know. But at some point, you just run out of talent. And um, I don't think they're there. I think they can win the division. And But I think, honestly, part of me thinks that the front office, maybe in the back of their head or in dark spaces they don't want to talk about, they kind of hope that they just fall by the wayside and don't make much of a run because as we get into September, they're going to have to start making decisions on McKenzie and uh, Bieber. And do we bring those guys back? You know, they might be in a position to where they can help us in the postseason, but we might also be jeopardizing their future a little bit or their trade value for the offseason. So we would rather us just be out of it. And then we could just say, well, no point in bringing them back. Let's just put them on ice till next year. So, uh, yeah, there's no great real reason like, hey, just go in, take take the division, and make a playoff run. But uh, at, at where this team is right now, it's just I don't know. I, I, I'm ready it's for football flip, season. Man. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, this could be the last we talk about the Guardians. Who knows? They might make a run. They might not, but uh, but certainly the front office hasn't put them in a position to uh, to make a strong push. Now, before we, we move forward into the Browns, did you hear the um, the Tito Francona uh, pretty much pr- press afterwards with Zach Meisel? Uh, got a little chippy there at the uh, end. Uh, Zach Meisel asked him from The Athletic, asked him um, – what why Miles Straw was in the lineup there towards the end because it always seems like and the guy bright the guy hasn't had a home run in two years. Um he has been kind of like a just a I guess he's one of the great defenders. He is a gold glove defender, but he just cannot hit the ball, Bright. And it just it's sad to say, but I mean that's that's almost like playing in the old school National League when you know the pitcher's coming up, it's an automatic out. But I guess it was asked why Miles Straw was in there, and Tito got a little chippy with that question. And it leads me to believe that there is probably some things going on in that clubhouse that people are not happy with. So I don't know if it's Tito reluctant to play somebody else because he wants the defense in there. Or if it is something else that's underneath that we don't know what's going on. And it's kind of like, I'm just going to stand firm and keep Miles Straw in there. But we will see what happens going on. I wanted your reaction on Tito kind of getting defensive with Miles or, yeah, Miles Straw. I understand the response. He's as frustrated as any of us are. Um, what I don't understand, maybe you can let me know. Um, I don't understand the scenario. Um, I thought I heard somebody say, nobody's talking about it all day, but then I heard one of the afternoon shows say, was he up there with the bases loaded with no outs? Bases loaded, no outs. And Tito says, we're looking for base runners. We don't need a home run there. Well, a home run there would have tied the ball game up, right? Or, or maybe put us one behind. 
Well, and the thing was, is when he talks about base runner, well, the guy doesn't get on base. Like, that's right. my other thing. Like, give it to somebody else. Like, he has proven to you that he cannot do it in that moment. And we've seen it for like the past two months now because it seems like he's the one that's always in that moment at the end. And he grounded into a double play. And then that was it. Like, it just like, well, because he got defensive and he goes, well, who else was going to bat? Anybody. My God, get the 90-year-old guy in the stands down there to take a couple of swings. Like, just change it up for a second. Like, just, you're already down four at a time, Bri. You might as well take a chance. Like, what? what is, why are you just wasting right there? Yeah, let's put in Gonzalez. Let's see if he can hit a home run or not, or get a base hit and spark something instead of sure. Miles Straw going out there and just dumbling it down to the pitcher. Like, just something. And I think that's what it was. The question was more about, like, why why can't we just get something other than Miles Straw in that spot? Yeah, right, right now, that's, that's the narrative. Um, I mean, I'm guessing there's got to be other guys on the team that have come up just as much in the uh, ninth inning and not had a ton of success. But the narrative is, yeah, Miles Straw, this guy, hasn't hit a home run in two years. He always seems to fall short in the ninth inning. And, uh, you know, it's just – it's Tito being Tito. He, he's not going to get bunny ears, and he's not going to react to uh, what the fans are saying or what the media is saying, and he's just going to stick by his guys, which is, you know, sometimes some people might say one of his strengths. Some people might say one of his weaknesses. But, um, yeah, he, he's not changing right now, you know, with only – a few years left to go, uh, he's going to stick by his guns. Yeah, he definitely is. And, you know, something he's done that ever since he's been here. I mean, with Kipnis, uh, he did with Kipnis. Sure. He's done it with other people out in the outfield. I, I get it. It's just one of those ones that it just irks you because it, it's a glaring, glaring wide open hole, and you're just like, because eh, you just want better. That's all you want, Bri. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, like I said, it's frustrating for everybody. Just because I don't think the players and the coaches aren't frustrated. They know it's a golden opportunity for them, and they just keep blowing it. And um, now the front office has given up hope. That, uh, essentially, I mean, we're getting guys that could help us next year and two years, but we're not getting anybody. Or that maybe sitting the guard. You hope that he could come back to his form with the Mets, but um. Yeah, they didn't make that move because they thought, oh, no, Syndergaard's a great pitcher right now. They made that move because they want to start getting young guys uh, playing time, and Rosario was taken away from that. Yeah. and Well, and those guys are stepping up. I mean, Gabriel uh, Arias right now is – I can see why they want his defense out there because, man, that kid is definitely hot with the gloves. So we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, we'll check in with them. Brown season starting, and then guess what? It starts this Thursday, Bry, 8 p.m. on NBC. We got the Hall of Fame game, Browns versus Jets. It was announced today that Kellen Mond will be starting. Uh, we will not have, see any backups. We'll see backups and third stringers. Pretty much no starters. So buckle up boys it's about to be some crappy football out there being played but what do you expect for the hall of fame game it is what it is uh brian what are you actually looking forward to seeing during the hall of fame game um uh, 
Not much <laughs> because I'm excited to see football again. I'm excited to see the brown and orange jerseys out on the field. I'm excited to see him flying around. I'm excited to see all the guys on the sidelines. It's basically a home game for us being down in Canton. Um, it's football as far as like the nitty gritty football stuff goes. And what am I looking for from these players? I don't know. I mean, hopefully the quarterbacks do decent, you know, um, our fourth stringer, what's his name? Uh, Thompson Robinson or Robinson Thompson. I'm still learning these guys' names. Um, He's a Chip Kelly boy. I don't know what his name is yet. We'll find out. DTR, I guess, Thompson Robinson. Um, so hopefully we see something from him because I think he's the guy that they are grooming to be your backup quarterback, maybe as early as next year and going forward, um, especially if he can – just be a solid, decent backup. We got him under a rookie contract for a while, so he'll be cheap. Um, I like Josh Dobbs. Um, I'm just not totally sold on him as a player. Um, I think he's maybe average to slightly below average as a backup uh, in the league right now. Um, he didn't do anything in Tennessee to really excite me. So if somebody else could – Really play well. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be this year, but uh, but certainly Mond and uh, definitely DTR ha- has the opportunity because he's a draft pick. So they're really hoping that he comes through. Outside of that, I honestly like even guys like Ford. I don't know if Ford's going to play much. He's your backup running back. He's really all you got. I think the running back position. If we talk about the fifty-three man roster. I think that's another position that's kind of wide open other than those top two guys. I don't know if Felton's making the team for sure, but uh, but there's opportunities there. But just a lot of these guys are just not going to really know who they are. Uh, Ika, all the rookies they drafted, we know their names at least. So I'm hoping they play, but they might not even play either. So my expectations are pretty low. If I can see a couple guys, a couple names that I recognize, if they make a play or two, I'll be excited. Now, and I'm going to put this out there for everybody watching this game. Do not watch it as a team aspect. At this point in time, especially with this game, you got to watch the individual and what they're doing. And for me, I want to watch the offensive line, especially when I watch the tackles, depending on what two tackles come out, especially get some time. I want to see how they work. Hopefully, Dewan Jones gets a little bit of playing time. I'd love to see that. Um, also, like you said, running backs, I don't care. There's a few on the back end, wide receivers I want to see. I want to see what Schwartz can do because I have a feeling he'll be out there. I have a feeling that a few people, you know, Jalen Darden might be out there. I have a few other ones that, are, that might be out there. And also, I want to see the depth, the defensive tackle. I want to see what we got going on here. We know what top guys that we got with Tomlinson, Jordan Elliott, and then, you know, Hurst, who they picked up, but I want to see Togi. I want to see those guys come in if they can. And then, last but not least, you got to check out the linebackers. This is where the linebackers kind of shine because they're playing a vanilla kind of defense. But this is where you're going to see if guys can tackle or not. And if they can tackle, they will. If they can't, they're not going to. So keep an eye on how your linebackers tackle, how they move up into the hole and go after the running backs. But that's what those are the things I'm looking forward to. Everything else can kind of go by the wayside. I just want to see certain people and how they're doing and just keep an eye on people that we know that are on the bubble and see how they play this game. 
Yeah, it's just it's exciting to see football and does it really have an effect on uh on the Browns twenty twenty three season? I don't really think no. it does. I mean the only the only way it could is negatively, let's be honest. If it's one of these guys, one of these backups that, you know, we might be counting on to play some time is gets injured, then it affects us negatively. But we can get as fans. We're fans, so we're allowed to get excited if if one guy has a nice play. Who's a guy? Uh, a few years back, Sheehy Giuseppe returned yeah, the one with the punt for the kick. I wanted yeah. them to keep him so bad. <laughs> right at the end of the day, it had zero effect on the season, but it got us all riled up for the preseason. So um, yeah, I'm just excited to see the Browns out on the field. All right, we'll see what happens on Thursday night at 8 p.m. on NBC. At least that's what they're saying. Kickoff, the football season is starting. Uh, what's the over? Uh, Watson is not playing. So I just asked, what's the over under on how many snaps Watson has? He is not Zero. playing whatsoever. Uh, they are half, I'd hammer the under. <laughs> hammer. Um, also, we got to give a shout out to Justin. He had a little minor uh, thing at the hospital. Well, it's not a minor thing. A little spinal tap, uh, just mm-hmm. making sure that he's okay. His sis is there, which I have not seen in like 30 years, it feels like. Uh, but I do have to bring this up, Brian, because he brought up, she said, I need to see the fatty fail. Uh, there's a fatty fail. <laughs> and then, Brian, here it is. Uh-huh. And there's the Brian fail. So we got the Brian fail yeah. and the fatty fail back in mix. So we got that nice. going on. Um, those will probably be making an appearance very soon, especially during this football season, Bri. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into now uh, Mike Sandoz quarterback tier list. And Bri, the reason why we bring this up is it's been hammered on and off, and it is not just his opinion. This is executives around the league. This is coaches. He polls kind of everybody to see where this tier list is, Bri. And right now, I mean, I got the athletic pulled up. I, I don't want to put it on our screen because I don't know about the copyright and all that stuff. But um, right now, tier one for his quarterback, tier one can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations and has no real holes in his game. And right off the bat, Patrick Mahomes is number one, Bri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Burrow is number two. Josh Allen is number three. A. A. Ron Rogers is number four. And there is a number five. Justin Herbert is number five. Now, how do you feel about the top list? I, you know, like when you and I did ours, you know, we maybe have four, you know, but I believe there's only. Honestly, the way I see it, there's holes in everybody's game. But I believe watching Joe Burrow and watching Patrick Mahomes, I believe they're on a different level. And then you have Josh Allen and everybody else afterwards. But, I mean, how do you feel about Rodgers and Herbert being on this list with those guys? Yeah, I'm fine with Rodgers. Maybe question Herbert a little bit um, if you want to put them in that elite tier. I think his skills are there, but he just doesn't have hasn't done enough. He made the playoffs one time, and he blew a giant lead. I mean, obviously it's the team, but um, but he lost the game. Him and the Chargers lost the game. So 
for somebody who hasn't, you know, doesn't have the hardware, hasn't won any awards, um, hasn't won any playoff games, put them in that elite tier. I think maybe that's a little quick um, and just projecting a bit. So fine with Rogers there, even though he didn't have a great year last year, um, he certainly has the resume to back it up, but, uh, but Herbert, Kind of question that. Even if you want to put Lamar Jackson there, I'd almost be okay with that more than uh, more than Herbert. Even Matthew Stafford. I mean, let's not forget last time he was really healthy, they won the Super Bowl. Last year, he was banged up like a crushed can of Coke and uh, and just didn't do much. And so that's why we kind of forget about him. But, um, yeah, that would be the one issue I had. But, um Look, these guys are front office guys. They, they know a lot more than we do, and they obviously see the talent there. They're just maybe getting ahead of themselves a little bit. And there's a fatty oh. fail. Let me unmute my mic. Uh, oh, I thought you froze. No, Rogers is old. He may be top 10, but not top five. Um, I, I got a little problem with Rogers being up there now. Like, if you had told me two years ago, I would have said, yeah, Rogers should be up there. But right now, I Rogers has got to prove it now. Um, after his last year with Green Bay, it, it just, yeah, uh, yeah. And Herbert, I love Herbert, but I don't, Herbert shouldn't be up there in the elite. I wouldn't even put Lamar up there in the elite because Lamar. I wouldn't either. No. You know, like I said, there's, there's two, possibly three that I would put up there. And we, like we had even, I still got to see more from Jalen Hurts, but I mean, Jalen Hurts did well for his. So we'll see what happens. Let's go into tier two, Bri. Tier two is a quarterback that carries his team sometimes, but not consistently, can handle pure passing situations in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to evaluate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. And number six is Jalen Hurts. Seven is Lamar. Eight is Trevor Lawrence. Nine is Dak Prescott. Ten is Matthew Stafford. Eleven, Deshaun Watson. And twelve, Kirk Cousins. All right, so we got Deshaun at eleven. And this is from People. And they did expand on Deshaun. Said only Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, Matt Stafford, and Derek Carr suffered greater year-over-year drop suffered in an average tier. Um, somebody said, a defensive coach said, I'll tell you what, when we played him, it was bad. It was real shaky. Um, and this is the last six games of last year. So this is somebody, everybody thinks, okay, the Russell will wear off after a couple weeks. A defensive coordinator said, the guy hasn't played a, what, a year and some change. That's a hard thing. And it was one of my first years I put him, a two probably would be maybe a one again. Um, and another person said the position is the hardest position to play in football. Taking any time away takes some things away from you. A personnel director said he has a skill set that could take him back to where he was or close to, but the game hasn't gotten any slower, and he is going to have to show that he's able to catch back up again. So that is our quarterback that they got there at 11. Then he said the intangibles are there, but it's just him putting it together. Um, but I do like this tier because I believe this tier is pretty much spot on with where they got everything. All these guys are elite quarterbacks. 
They all possess something different than everybody else. And they can win a game if needed. And they can also lose a game if needed, as we saw with a couple of them. What are your thoughts about this tier list, Bri? I'm totally comfortable with this second tier. It's very talented guys, um, guys that have shown flashes uh, of greatness at times. Um, some, most of them have consistency, consistency issues, um, but that doesn't mean, you know, not everybody's going to be a Hall of Famer like, uh, like the guys, a lot of the guys in the top tier. So these are guys that can put it all together for um, one season and win the MVP. Um, or they could just be up and down all year long and miss the playoffs. So um, it makes me feel good that maybe most of the other um, the guys, like I said, that know a ton more than you and I do that are up in the front offices that dissect these guys' games all the time, they still feel confident enough to say that Deshaun Watson is in that second tier, even though he didn't show a whole lot last year. They saw enough enough glimpses, or maybe they're just saying, you know, we've seen enough of him in the past. But at the same time, um, Russell Wilson is down in the third tier. So uh, so they have to have seen something in Deshaun's game or just maybe have confidence in him fitting in the Brown scheme to put him in this second tier. So happy with it. Um, you know, certainly not satisfied. 11, you know, there's probably, let's see how many guys, one, two, three, Four, five, six, seven. That would make him the eighth best quarterback in the AFC. So, if we're the eighth best team in the AFC, we miss the playoffs. So, it's still not good enough. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully, um, at this time next year, we're talking about him. Five, six, maybe four um, would be nice. So, right now, they have the voting average, Brian. The voting average for Deshaun Watson was 2.36. So that means he bounced around between two and three. They just kind of gave him the right. benefit of the doubt. And Kirk Cousins was a 2.5. So they're both right there at the, either the low end of tier two or the top end of tier three. Now, sure. tier tier three, you said, has got some, some names in there that we all love. Uh, Kyler Murray tops it off at 13. And then you got Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Tua Tagovailoa. Did I pronounce that right? You got it. Heck yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, and Mac Jones. These are all quarterbacks that had are legitimate starters but needs a heavy run game and or a defensive component to win. A lower volume drop back passing offense suits them best. All right, and this kind of suits all these guys in here. The only one that I kind of question would be Derek Carr, and I've always been high on Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr can light it up and throw it with the best of them. I don't think he just needs a running game. But also, I think he needed a change of scenery out of Las Vegas because that team did not believe in him whatsoever. And they showed it because they were reluctant to re-sign him. They were reluctant to do anything around him with the exception of Devontae Adams. But they were just... They, they sat on their hands because they didn't know what to do with him. And... I think at New Orleans, I think he is, especially with Chris Olave and a couple of speedsters they got there. I, I'm kind of curious to see what's going on with him there. Also, kind of excited to see what Russ can cook with Sean Payton's offense. Um, that's going to be that's going to be definitely a question mark team this year, Bry. 
and that is going to be a sleeper quarterback that I would put down if you're doing a fantasy draft. That's one guy you might want to keep in the back of your mind just in case because if things go well, he might get back to cooking like Russ does. If things go bad, you might as well just chalk it up to another one. How do you feel about two or three there, big fella? Uh, the, I guess probably the biggest issue I have is uh, having Kyler right there at 13. Um, he's just uh, – maybe I'm being too short-term memory and thinking about last year. and Because a couple years short. ago, two years ago, yeah, well, it's um, – when I the Browns it. played him, nice. Yep. They, I got that pun. <laughs> uh, what were they? They were like 6-0, 8-0, something like that when they came into Cleveland. Um, so they were a damn good team and he was, uh, wheeling and dealing, but I just don't think, especially with his frame and just the way he plays football, I think people eventually is just a matter of time before they're going to figure him out. So is it just because they, he's injured too much? No, not, no, uh-uh, not just that. I mean, even last year when, um, and who knows, maybe it'll make me look like an idiot and it'll all be, uh. Kingsbury's fault for uh for the game plans that he was drawing up for Kyler, but I've never been a huge Kyler fan. I, I think he's tremendously athletic, um, but I think that only takes you so far. Eventually, you got to throw the ball, and just with his frame and everything, I don't think uh, I think he has a limited ceiling. So to have him at thirteen and ahead of guys like Carr and Golf and Wilson and Tua and Jimmy G and guys that have done it um, in this league and made deep playoff runs i think that's maybe uh where i have my biggest issue the other small issue i had was having a guy like uh geno smith ahead of um ryan Tannehill. oh justin fields too but we don't need to get into that ryan Tannehill has been a proven guy for the titans they were the number one seed a couple years ago in the afc so i think he deserves to be a little bit higher higher than fields higher than geno who's just done it one year and i'd even put him higher than daniel jones but uh Maybe people just think he's past his prime and he's on the backside of his career. I don't know. Uh, by the way, after you just took your little Justin Fields dig, we're going to have, we're going to, no, no, no. I wasn't we're trying gonna, to get into it. That's why I glossed bud, over it. Bud, we are going to have a serious conversation next week about Ohio State, Michigan. Mm. There's been some news that came out and we are going to get into it next week because you and I got to have a discussion about Ohio State, Michigan and see where we fall in this whole rivalry and what they're doing with that game. Because, uh, yeah, rumblings with no conferences, none of that stuff, and everybody playing each other, it's going to be a little different. But we'll talk sure. about that next week, Bri. Um, last but not least, Tier 4 quarterbacks, Bri. Uh, these are unproven players, not enough information for voters to classify, or a veteran who ideally will not start 17 games. And starting off, that one is number 24, Brock Purdy. Got our boy, small hands, Kenny Pickett is number 25. Jordan Love, 26. Baker Mayfield, 26. They're tied. And Sam Howe, Desmond Ritter, and Gardner Minshew. And who is, they have Gardner Minshew starting for the Colts. Shut up. That rookie is playing for the Colts. I think they just weren't ranking any of the rookies at all. So okay. they just threw him in there. All right. But right there, that's the pretty much the creme de la creme of uh, either placeholders or you don't know what the hell they're going to be. 
So how do you feel about the last tier, Bry? Yeah, it's crapshoot. Um, all these guys have limited. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say, I mean, other than Baker, all these guys have had very limited experience in the league. You know, if you look at their their starts, no, 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 no. Birdie, Gardner Minshew had some time in the league, brother. Well, and that's why that's why he's last because he's. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest, he's a career backup. We love him. We love what he does. He's probably one of the best backups in the league. But at this point, we know his role, and he's a career backup. And the reason Baker's still ahead of him is because Baker has a chance of being a legitimate chance of being a starter this year. And who knows, maybe he could turn around and like you said before, Minshew's they're, they're starting the rookie and Richardson and, and Minshew's going to be the backup. But, um, but for the most part, most of these guys have less than one season of experience, less than 16 games starting. The only one that has close to 16 games is a uh, picket other than uh Baker. Um, so these guys, you just, you don't know what you are. You're kind of taking a guess on, on limited sample size. And so I think that's why they ranked them the way they did. Purdy and Pickett have both have had small sample size of success. They've won games at least. You know, Baker, you should probably maybe put Baker above them based on his experience. But um, I think people are thinking that he's trending towards a backup rather than a starter. Yep, I, I get you. I, it's just crazy. Like how far Baker's gone down. I just sit there and look at it. Like when the GMs said here, he's just a backup. Um, so his, uh, said Mayfield is a low three on his way to being a backup offensive coach said his accuracy has suffered takes too many risks and seems like his emotions negative negatively affect the way he plays. Um, you know, it, and we knew that coming in because we knew as soon as he oh, would yeah. get down to oh, the dumps. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, I mean the tier list, I, I like it. There's only been a couple of things that I kind of like, eh. But other than that, I mean, it's it's almost spot on where everybody kind of is at. I mean, there's a couple that you just kind of look at and like, you know, Trevor Lawrence being up that high um, because of one year, you know, you kind of question that one. You know, just it's things of that nature. It's just, but, yeah. I mean, he, he was, he was uh, viewed as a generational quarterback coming out of college. And uh, he's finally had, like you said, just one year of success, really. Yeah. But um, but they think that first year they chopped it up to Urban Meyer being the worst NFL coach ever. And uh, he just screwed him up. And now that uh, he has a legitimate NFL coach, he finally had some success. So they're jumping back on that bandwagon to where, well, we thought he was going to be good. He sucked his first year, but now he's back to being good. So we're going to jump on that. And they, to their credit, they won a uh, playoff game. They probably shouldn't have won it, but um, but yeah, I mean, I still don't think he's great, you know. But based on his pedigree and based on his success last year, and I mean, let's be honest, he, the sky's the limit at least for the regular season for them this year because they play in such a terrible division. Um, but when they have to start playing these other powerhouses in the AFC, we'll see what they're made of. All right, Brian, the next thing that came out that we are getting into next is the Madden rankings have come out, Brian, and I got the list of your Browns players. And let's start out with the good. We'll do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, mm-hmm. The good, 
Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, Joel Batonio, and Miles Garrett are all over 90. Uh, Nick Chubb is a top-rated running back. Amari Cooper is 91. Batonio is a 92, and Miles Garrett did not get the 99 club, but he got in at a 98. Um, those guys all deserve it. Um, I'm still kind of shocked that Cooper is still kind of up there in the yeah. 90s. I thought they might have dropped him down a little bit. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. You and I both love playing uh, Madden Bry. Uh, they do have the Browns. Overall, as an 89, I think it was an 89 overall, 87 oh. overall, 87. Uh, 87 or come into Madden rated 87 overall. Um, Miles Garrett's 98 for a full look of the team starters. So, here's the starters, we're gonna run through them. Here's the one that is the ugly, Bry Deshaun Watson at a 78 overall. Uh, you got Nick Chubb at 97, Cooper at 91, Peoples Jones. Peoples Jones is above Deshaun Watson at 79, Elijah mm-hmm. Moore at 80, and then Joku at 84. That seems a little high. Jed Wills is at the same spot as your starting quarterback at 78. So is Ethan Pochich. Wyatt Teller, 86, Conklin, 80. That is your offense defense. Defensive tackles suck. They're at 80 and 73. Darius Smith is at 85. Here we go. Left outside linebacker, Devin Harper, 64. That's what Devin, we need. That's, that's not correct. I've never even heard that dude's name before. That's what it says right here. Devin well, Harper, left outside that's not linebacker. Correct. <laughs> okay. They played two linebackers. I got to imagine uh, Walker be- and JOK are those two. So Walker is a 76, JOK 79. Denzel Ward comes in at an 88, Newsom at an 83, Thornhill at a 78, Delpit at a 78, Cade right. York at a 71, and Corey Bajorquez at 78. All right. How could Watson be higher than that? Basically unproven. I get it, Justin. I get it. Uh, is he, but is it is he a Browns fan. He is a Browns fan. He he's just a what? He he's just not a fan of Deshaun Watson, and it's okay. It's okay that he's not a fan of Deshaun Watson, Bry. Hey, I went through it with Johnny. You know, I was a Johnny. You went through it with Baker. No, I said I said I will support Baker if you run it back. You can see I said pay him pay him the money and keep him here in Cleveland. And I would have been wrong for saying that, but um, you know, I after hating on Johnny and what. Kind of in the back, back scene, root for him to fail. I said, I don't want to, it's just not fun rooting against your quarterback, but rooting for a team. It's just <laughs> counterintuitive. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you can do it. I did it, but, um, but I wasn't happy as a fan. So, anywho, um, yeah, I, I'm one thing I will say, I'm happy to see Nick Chubb is finally getting the respect he deserves. And yes, people sir. are acknowledging him as the best running back in the league, even though he doesn't catch a ton of passes. And they never tried, <laughs> though. That's the thing. Right. They never tried. Right. Yep. If I don't want to take tried. anything away from like uh, CMC or 
uh, Alvin Kamara, because those guys are electric. Those guys are some of the best at what they do in the open field, taking a screen pass or a dump off. But, you know, I just go back to, like, what the Steelers used to do with Le'Veon Bell. All they would do is just dump it off to him, and he would catch it, and nobody would be around him, and he'd run for another five or ten yards or something. We could easily do that with Nick Chubb. We just, for whatever reason, we haven't tried to do that. We don't utilize him in that way. Um, and I think it's just a, a product of what the offense is. So, yeah, don't tell me that a guy who catches 100 balls because he catches 80 dump-offs is the best running back in the league. You know, use your eyes and watch what happens when you hand him the ball. Well, and, you know, the other thing is, Bryce, we've had Kareem Hunt, <laughs> who is shifty out of the backfield. I think what it is, because he's not super shifty, because he's a one-step-and-cut guy, and then he's gone – He's not, you know, dancing around. He's not doing any of that. But look at Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was that way, too. He was a big running back that if you do a little swing pass and get him one-on-one with, dare say, a quarterback or a safety, he's going to win that battle. I mean, he's going to run right through him, Bri. And it's not that hard. Like you said, we can scheme it up for him. And it's not like he can't catch it because he has caught balls before. They're just like they're afraid to throw it to him for some odd reason. I don't get it. I don't get it because that's almost a perfect play as a little pay, play action or play action screen with him. Just fake like you're going to hand off to him. Let him come out into the flat a little bit. And there's a screen set up with two offensive linemen in front of him and let him go downhill. I, I they got to start giving him the ball more, especially in that situation. I, I expect him to actually catch a little bit more out of the backfield this year. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to protect him from taking so many hits or what they're thinking is, but is there anybody that you would rather have on the Cleveland Browns with the ball in open field than Nick Chubb? I mean, to me, there's nobody even close. As good as uh, Cooper is and as athletic as Njoku is, um, much rather have you know Nick Chubb out in the flats catching a ball, even if he's got two guys converging on him. You know, I feel comfortable that he's going to at least make one of those guys miss, and then I'll take my chances on the other. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're maybe in the back of their head. They just don't want him taking too many hits or whatnot. But, um, yeah, it's time to take him out of the bubble wraps and, and use him as a complete running back. And that time should be now with the way the uh, the back room is. We'll get into that. We'll get into that next week, Brian. We'll get into roster a little bit next week and just, you know, you and I talk about players. I mean, we know what the starters are going to be. We'll get into the bubble a little bit. Like, the you know, the one bubble guy I got is a toss-up between Bell, Goodwin, Darden, uh, you know, for the wide receiver. And then Togi, definitely one for the defensive tackle. But what's going to go on there for that? And then the back part of the safety and the cornerbacks, who's actually going to play there. So those are like my big, like big ones. Everybody else kind of falls in place with where you see, and especially with the tackles and the guards and everybody, there might be one outlier, but I just, I can't wait, buddy. Football season's back. We're getting ready to watch football on Thursday. By the way, what are we doing Thursday? Are we getting together? What's going on here? Uh, I'm, I'm going out somewhere. I just don't know yet. So I will text you when I find out where I'm going. Um, hopefully it'll be around the diner or something, but, uh, yeah, I'll let you know. Stop on out if you want. Yeah. Hit me up. Let me know because I mean, 
I definitely want to watch that game. Have some. Oh, yeah, I mean, it'll probably just be the first half or whatever because I'm old and I got to wake up early. But um, at least it'll be a good first half of football. Probably watch the second half on the couch and fall asleep about halfway through the third quarter. How it always works, Bry. That's how it always works. Was there a guy? So, looking at their rankings for Madden, was there? Give me one guy who you thought was too high and one guy who you thought was too low. I thought Cooper was too high. I thought Najoki okay. was too high. Yeah. Um, too low, Posich. I figured he'd be around 80. They got him at 78. Okay. And, and JOK at 79. I figured he might be at like an 82. But other than that, like, I mean, the defensive tackles aren't anything that uh, they're just average. Um. Greg Newsom at 83. They now they don't have on here from what I see from the Madden NFL 24. They don't have the ranking for um Emerson on here. And I'm kind of curious what Emerson is. I thought I saw oh, he was like around a 76 or something. Yeah, see that might be a little bit too low. Because he played really good last year. So we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. Did. But, like, those are the other ones. Like, Najoku being up that high at 84. Like, I can see him at, like, 82, 80. Um, I, I, I'm really, honestly, Brian, I'm really shocked they do have Deshaun at 78. Like, I figured at least an 80, 81, maybe mm-hmm. 82. But 78, that's almost like a rookie coming in on these games. So. Right. Yeah, after looking at um, after looking at the quarterbacks, the list of quarterbacks, and where they had all these guys ranked, I, it was kind of apparent to me that they put, and as you probably should, they put a, a ton of emphasis on what you did last year and how you played last year. They didn't care because I think Russell Wilson is below uh, Deshaun. I'm not sure how how much further back he is, but um. They put just a ton of – so guys like who had good years, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, they got higher rankings. Um, and so it was based on what have you done for me lately and here's your ranking on what you did last season. Whereas, you know, all these other lists and everything, they kind of take in, okay, well, a couple years ago, Lamar Jackson won the MVP, so he's got to be top ten. So that's one thing, you know, we talked about this this – the Madden rankings and also the um, the quarterback tiers that we talked about earlier. I think these are the reason I brought them up to you is because I think these are the two standards that we should be going by based on um, based on the rankings for the quarterbacks are by guys who are in the buildings who are watching all these guys play, coaches, um, front office guys, scouts, stuff like that, who have watched everybody, not just one reporter who you know watches film on tries to watch film and highlights on every single team. These are guys that it's their job to do this. And then as far as the Madden rankings go, they have teams. They have people who they hire and they go out and they, they're on the sidelines and they are scouting these guys nonstop and breaking down their games. Okay. Really good at breaking tackles. So we should put it there. So I think uh, to me, it's always interesting to see where they have these guys ranked and, for me, I think I had um, oh one guy too high. I thought Greg Newsom was a little too high at eighty three. 
Um, I don't know if he's really uh, done enough to warrant that uh, that rating. And then a guy who I've always been very appreciative of, and unfortunately he's had a lot of injuries, is um, uh, Jack Conklin. And he was a guy who was an all-pro. He was meaning the best. He was the best right tackle two years ago. And then he had some injury issues last year. And to have him down at an 80, that's like a slightly above average starter. So I think as long as he's healthy, he should be at least 85, 86, something like that. Um, but I also thought it was interesting to see, uh, I think the Browns, you said the Browns were ranked 87 or something like that. 87 overall. 87 overall. So I think when I saw it, they had every team listed. And that made there was like the seventh best team in the whole NFL. Um, and so that was interesting to me because – they are just looking at the teams based on the players that are on these teams and how we have them ranked and how it all adds up to a team. And I know it, it's not perfect science because the quarterback far outweighs, you know, if you have a great quarterback, that far outweighs if you have a good right guard and a good center and a good middle linebacker or something like that. So you can't just, it's not always apples to apples, but to me, it's like, okay, they're telling you the Browns have the seventh-best roster in the NFL. Well, you go to NFL.com or ESPN.com, and where do they have the Browns ranked, the power rankings? They have them down 16 to 20 or something like that. Um, and so that's because they have a bias. They have a bias against Deshaun Watson. They have a bias against Cleveland. Um they've been let down too many times by the Browns and pumping them up and then being let down. But if you just look at the roster, you take all the bias out of it. Seventh best team in the league. So whether they perform that way, time will tell. Obviously guys have to come together. Injuries are a huge part of it. But, um, but I think they should be talking about the Browns as a top 10 team far more than 15 to 20 team. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, Brian. They just gotta it's it's prove it or shut up. I, I'm that's where I'm at. And like oh yeah. And like the whole the whole Watson thing and uh, where I'm at now with the whole Watson thing, Brian, is I don't want to hear shit about two years ago. I don't want to hear shit about last year and the six games they played last year. Either come out and play, like we're paying you to play, and we what everybody believes you're gonna play at. Or don't like I don't want to hear this. Well, he was elite three years ago. Well, he sucked the last six oh. games. There's no in between anymore. This is where we're starting off now. I don't care if he was elite three years ago. I don't care if he sucked the last six games last year. This year is what matters. And if he can't come out and do it, Bri, then peace. Uh, like, like we've done oh. it for years. Well, not not peace, not peace, because you're stuck with him for three more seasons. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but well, and I mean, unless somebody's a sucker, like whoever traded for Josh Bell today. Um, but yeah, I think it's totally fair to, uh, to judge him based on this season. Totally fair to, you know, wipe out whatever you saw last year, whatever you saw in his Texans career and just totally judge him on this year. And that's why I've said, Deshaun Watson's under the most pressure for any Cleveland athlete that I can maybe ever remember. I mean, like even more than LeBron when he came back because LeBron was proven as the best player. He just had to come in and uh, gather the troops, a young team and to play around him. And Deshaun Watson has, I mean, 
everything the Browns franchise has been through, everything they've been through with him standing by his side. Expectations couldn't be higher because this team is the most talented team we've seen here in 25 years, and it's all up to him. Yep, we'll see what happens. All right, Bryce, so I'm going to ask you, save Fat Boy Tuesday for next week. Okay. When Sherry comes on. Now, Sherry is not with us tonight. She should be back with us next week. She's feeling under the weather right now. So sure. we told her, I'm like, and this is the thing that we were talking about. So Fat Boy Tuesday, we were going to talk about grilling. And the thing that was brought up, and I want you to wrap your head around it before next week. Casey brought up to me about grilled watermelon. Hmm. Now, Bri, I've done grilled peaches before. And I've done grilled pineapple before. Pineapple. But yeah. I've never, ever thought about grilling a watermelon. And I guess people kind of live by this because they put some salt on it to bring out the sweet a little bit. But I guess it caramelizes and also oh. changes the flavor profile. So like a lot of barbecues will actually do like a, you know, a pulled pork sandwich. And yeah, just to say grilled watermelon's the bomb. Like, it, I guess it changes the taste of it. You add a smoky into it with the sweet from the watermelon. So I was kind of curious about that. So I want you to kind of, like, dive into that. And I, I actually, Bri, I got a watermelon here at the house. Yeah. I'm probably going to grill out tomorrow and try it and see what I think of it because I've never had it before. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. We have watermelon in the fridge right now. I'm grilling burgers tomorrow, so I'll definitely try it. Yeah, throw it on the grill. Because what they say is you just throw it on there, get a little char on it, get some of the flavor from the grill and everything else, baste it with some honey, and serve it with some feta cheese, Justin said. Baste it with honey and serve it. Okay. All right. I don't know if I got feta, but I got honey. Yeah, I mean, but just try it. I mean, I because I, he brought that up, and I was like, whoa. I have, like, and I was thinking, like, when I was thinking about grilling, I was thinking, like, corn on the cob. I was thinking, like, you know, potatoes, you know, vegetables, right. fish, you, you know, whatever you could grill. But when he threw out watermelon to me, it floored me a little bit. So it's a new one for me, Brad. We're going to have to try it. And, uh, you know, we're, hey, I'll try a grilled watermelon. Sure. Yeah, and they're they're just so juicy. I mean, obviously they're filled with so much water and liquid. You would think it would just you know dry them out, and you'd just be left with like almost jerky or something. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see how it works now. Yeah, I've heard of people putting salt on it, but um, never on a grill. Yeah, because it was like it was salt. Um, they even said put like uh, taco seasoning or like a Cajun. To add a little sweet with spice, okay. um, you know, just go for that way. I mean, I was like, okay, I guess I got to try it now. So we'll try that. We'll do our top three next week, too, with the grilling items. I mean, sure, two top threes. But, you know, we got to get into finish our trivia. First off, yeah. go oh. Browns. Please go watch the Browns game on Thursday night. Football's back, baby. Let's go. They're back home. And, Brian, the trivia that I brought to you from City Dogs of Cleveland was Joe Thomas might be the best NFL player ever. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I want you to guess how many coaches and how many starting quarterbacks played while he was there. 
I've, I've literally, if you've been seeing, looking at me, uh, writing down stuff, that's what I've been doing. I've been writing down mainly quarterbacks. I got the coaches. Now I'm guessing I probably forgot one. Um, I got Romeo, Chud, Petten, Shermer, Mangini, Hugh. There's six. I didn't know if you're counting Terry Robisky. Nope. So you got you're six, not counting head coaches. six head coaches. You got it, Brian. That's the Is first. Is that one. right? Okay. Six. Six head coaches and six GMs that this man played under in his entire time here at Cleveland. Think about that. 11 years, six head coaches. Crazy. (laughs) Now, go to starting quarterbacks. Okay. So, I started writing them down, and I had to cross cross off some because I don't believe he played with Baker, which means he didn't play with Tyrod Taylor. Um, I got D.A., Charlie Fry, you to, but you don't need to name them. I just oh, we're naming them. We're naming okay. Da Charlie Fry because I'm counting them up as I'm going. Da Charlie Fry, Brady Quinn, Johnny Whedon is five. Jason Campbell six. Seneca Wallace seven. McCown eight. RG three nine. Kaiser ten. Kessler eleven. Brian Hoyer twelve. That's all I got. We got twelve. Bry, you are off by eight quarterbacks. Eight. The man oh, had Lord. 20 starting quarterbacks. Well, now I'm going to have to try to come up with the other eight and text them to you later. Unless so, you want to give them to me now. I believe Gronkowski is on there, Bry. Oh, that means you know, uh, Ken Dorsey's on there, too. Ken Dorsey's on there. Jeez. You know, you're going to have all these other like little no-names on there. But I just want you to realize that. That man was an all-pro and in the Hall of Fame, a first ballot Hall of Famer, and had six head coaches and six GMs and also had 20 starting quarterbacks behind him. He has got to be the best NFL player ever in the NFL, (laughs) Brian, to actually get in the Hall of Fame with that resume right there with the six head coaches and six to 20 quarterbacks behind him. Crazy. Yeah, I mean... Uh, hey, and the fact that he retired after 0-16, <coughs> wasn't it? The 0-16 season was the season that he retired. That sounds... Yeah, because he played with Miles Garrett, so he got hurt like halfway through that one. Oh, I just wanted him to win something, Bri. <laughs> like, yeah. Just... But congratulations to him. He's going in the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. He is the keynote speaker at the end. So when they do everything, he'll be the last one to speak. His wife and his kids are actually introducing him there. So, and also stay tuned because there's going to be so many people telling stories about him, things that he's done. Like the best one today was um, they had on 923, the fan, they had Barry Alvarez on today his old coach from wisconsin on talking about him just things like that and just how genuine of a guy he actually truly is so please watch just clap go to the parade just support joe thomas this week because it definitely is all about him cleveland because 20 years of misery has produced us a hall of famer and support him and praise him the way he should be because he has been a gem for our team, our franchise, and our city his tenure here. So 
Bry, any last words on Joe Thomas before we close out the show? No, I got nothing. I'm sure we'll hit on him next week, so uh, I'll save it for then. All right. Well, everybody, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys for chiming in. Justin sent me a recipe for a watermelon salad, Bry, that we might have to okay. try. So, hey, he's a chef. Got to go with it, right? So you got any watermelon moonshine? I'd try that. I know someplace that has watermelon moonshine, and the Browns actually played there this past week. Okay. I mean, I, I can't, can't name names because, you know, it's just – but, you know, somewhere in West by God, Virginia, there's some moonshine down there that has some spice to it. We'll get. I'll bring you back some, Bri. I know a guy. Did you hear about what they did on the plane? No, what happened on the plane? Oh, I guess they just trashed it. <laughs> trashed the plane and, you know, people having to board it the next time. I don't know why they don't have their own private plane. But, um, you know, it's not like the NFL doesn't make billions upon billions of dollars. But um, whoever had to load the next people in, it took them like an hour or two hours to clean it all up just because it went buck wild on it. I don't know what they were celebrating, but uh, maybe getting back to Ohio after leaving Virginia. What was that like? West Virginia. I was going to say, what was it, like a 15-minute flight? I guess, yeah. Like, go ham. I, any any reason to do it? You I know, mean, did they even get above break. the clouds? They just kind of just scooted across the sky and land, right? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, how much damage can really get in 45 minutes? Well, Brian, well, hey, we, we know how much damage we can do. <laughs> power hour? Were they doing power uh, hours, you think? Hey, power I mean, 45 minutes? Waterfalls? Uh, is that what they're doing? Uh, hey, uh, were they doing Thunderstruck? Uh, you possibly. never know. You know, uh, never know. Gets a little rowdy. Gets a little rowdy. Hey, we playing Kings? You never know what goes on. You know, oh, sure. hey, what's really funny is all the young kids now are like, Kings? Thunderstruck. What are you guys? What are you guys talking about? Oh, we knew how to drink. <laughs> we knew how to, hey, no rhyme or reason. Nope. Hey, some of us, some of us fell out of a bed on top of a keg or lemon bars at some point in time. <laughs> Reaching for lemon bars <laughs> onto the keg. Yeah, still got some... that shirt. I got a hole in the back of it, but I still got that shirt. God, that thing needs to be framed. You know something, Brian? We, we're going to have we're going to have a show of just story time with Jared and Bry, and oh. just have a blast with it. It was supposed to be uh, our first year in the Michigan Ohio State. Although, did we kind of do a Michigan Ohio State show last year? Yeah, know. but it wasn't it wasn't much of one. Uh, we it did a little unplugged. bit, but yeah. we'll we'll talk about it more next week. So, Bry, let's get out of here. We had a great time tonight talking Browns. Uh, it's kind of nice being talking football again. So, Bry. God bless everybody. Yep. God bless you. God bless America. We want to thank our troops, our first responders for everything you do. We also want to thank Harold Kiel and Lake Erie APA along with city dogs, Cleveland. Hey, October 22nd, mark in your calendars. We'll be seeing you soon. It's coming up quick. Join us at melt bar and grilled in independence for a pregame show slash viewing party to benefit City Dogs of Cleveland dying to donate. That's all getting taken care of now. And with that being said, we are definitely uncorked, unloaded. We're out. Say it.